Line Podcast. What's going on? This is the Bottom Line Podcast presented by Anchor.fm, your home for sports and entertainment talk. I'm Jimmy Fadizzi alongside Neil Villapiano. We hope you're doing well. As always, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen. We really do appreciate it. You already know the deal. Questions, opinions, Twitter and Instagram at Bottom Line WMCX, Twitter at the NVP Show, and Instagram at NVPQB11, hashtag Bottom Line, voice message on Anchor, the app or at Anchor.fm. And as always, if you like what you're seeing on YouTube, please drop a like and a comment down below. Helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss an episode and subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. Neil, I'm pretty hyped up for this episode today. I know we teased it in the last episode that we did when we were discussing the Yankees and the Mets. And we'll get more into the Yankees in this episode with our special guest because we we met we met a pretty young, pretty young but nice kid named Alex Castells. Sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly again, but he is a player for the Jersey Shore Weathers whom we work for. And he's a member of the organization and he wants to be an up and coming uh, broadcaster. And he was just talking to us about um, some, some advice that we could give him. And we, we, you know, we, we did the best we could to the best of our ability. And we hope that this will definitely help him even more, but but no, he just wants to he just wants to break into the field. So we figured, you know what? Why not have him on and just chat up about uh, sports? We're going to be talking Yankees with him, uh, Rangers and Devils. And we're also going to be talking about how he wants to specifically break in to the broadcasting field. So, you know, all in all, I'm really looking forward to interviewing this kid because he seems very, very promising with what he wants to do here. He's really, really a nice kid. Yeah, it's, it's always a pleasure to have on, you know, guests, whatever the case may be, you know, whoever it is. And, you know, talking to this guy, you know, he, he seemed very enthusiastic and certainly very passionate about doing what he what he wants to do in his career. And that's really kind of like the first step, honestly, to to, to have that enthusiasm, to have that excitement, to want to do it. And, you know, it, it's great that we're, you know, we're giving him an opportunity to come on here and, and talk about sports and, and just have a good time. And, and like always, as we always do, it should be a, a very nice time without without a doubt. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to it. And by the way, I should mention, he's a heck of a player for the Jersey Shore Whalers. I don't think we've seen him play too, too much. I think we saw him play like once or twice um, this season, not when we were calling the game, but um, off the air, we, we watched him play. And he's, he's, he's a very gritty player, man. He, he, he's one of those players where he, he loves to bang the body. He loves to. He loves to sneak a little bit of a nice wrist shot every now and then, but he's, he's a very gritty, gritty hockey player. And he, he seems to really know his stuff about sports. So it's going to be real, very, very interesting. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk a little bit of wearless with him as well. So who knows, who knows where we'll go, but anyway, this is going to be a lot of fun. So with that being said, we want you guys to sit back, relax, have a great time and enjoy our exclusive interview with Alex Castells of the Jersey Shore Whalers. Enjoy, everybody. All right, Neil, this is going to be a fun, fun time. And there's something I actually have to uh, correct with what I said in the uh, the intro. This uh, very special guest actually does not play for the Jersey Shore Whalers. So my apologies on that. He knows a couple of players on the um, elite team, which we uh, call Games for. So that was my bad. I do apologize about that. But he does go to Newman university which is very very exciting uh, there's still a waiting word on whether they will have a season or not i'm sure he'll find out more details about that yeah. soon but 
We're really, really excited to talk to this next guest. He is an up-and-coming broadcaster, which is really, really exciting stuff, and we're really happy to have him on to pretty much try to break him into the field, let him know what it's like, and we're also going to chat it up about the Yankees, Rangers, and the Devils. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to have on a young man named Alex Castells. Alex, welcome to the Bottom Line Podcast, and I understand this is actually your first time on a podcast in general, so this is very, very exciting stuff. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, this is the first time I'm on a podcast, so this is definitely a new experience for me. Um, something I've looked into creating for myself, whether I'm not sure what that would be with sports or just creating a podcast about life, basically. But uh, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Dude, are you kidding? It's our pleasure. We're very happy to have you on, and let's let's hope we can do this again in the future after this episode. So let's kind of just let's kind of just start there to get things started here. So tell us why and how you want what how how did you get first find out about broadcasting and why do you want to get into the field so when I was younger it all started really when I was younger so like I've always been like around sports whether it be playing it or watching it no matter what it is the big two sports that I'm mostly into are baseball and ice hockey I've definitely gotten more into football as well basketball still learning you know the ways around the ropes a little bit but, Welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a little about it, but it's it's definitely I'm not too familiar with it at the same time, nor am I good at <laughs> I'm not good at playing it either. Definitely one of the last picks, uh, especially when you get picked for a pickup game. But um, <laughs> <laughs> getting getting back on, though. Um, so I've always been in love with sports and I just I've never been a math guy. I've never been like a science guy. Basically, all the school subjects. I've never really been interested in. And I thought it was my ADHD to kick in at first, but it really was just a loss of interest at the same. I mean, definitely a mixture of the ADHD, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a mixture of both for sure. But um, I definitely just couldn't see myself doing anything else. And at first I thought I wanted to be an engineer because I was really interested in how baseball bats worked and how they were constructed. Same with hockey sticks. And mm-hmm. then I realized that I included math. I was like, all right, like if, excuse my language, but fuck that. Like I said, no, thank you. And uh, <laughs> I was just not interested in that at that point. Um, so I said to myself, for going in high school, I was like, what am I going to be interested in? I, I obviously, I still got some time to choose what path I want to go down. And right. I don't know exactly what game it was or when it was, but I, so whenever I was watching one of like, whether it was the Yankees or the Rangers, cause I'm a New York Yankees and uh, New York Rangers fan. Um, right. It definitely hit me. I was like, this is definitely something I'd want to go into and be interested in. And then I, I, I'm a communications major here at Newman. And ever since being around everything and not just like for broadcasting, but also behind the scenes too, it's definitely something I've fallen in love with. And it's definitely something I could see myself down in the future for. And I, I definitely the right fit. Um, but yeah, it's basically a little about me and why I chose to go down it. Is there anybody that you've watched in particular throughout your years of watching sports? Is there any particular play-by-play announcer or color guy that you have looked up to that also made you want to go into the field? I wouldn't say particularly made me go into the field, but someone I've always definitely looked at as like, I wouldn't say a role model, but someone I've definitely looked up at up to as would be Sam Rosen of the Rangers. I mean, he's just someone I've always enjoyed listening to him call games. He's definitely a pro in what he's been doing. He's doing it for a long time um, and, he, and he's great at it. So I'd say him and also Michael K is pretty good for the Yankees too. I like Ooh. him as well. Oh, I, I'm, I'm hundred percent with you on, on both of them. Those two, they're not two of the main reasons why, but they are two of the people. I I have a laundry list of people of 
why I want to go into broadcasting, those are definitely two of them right there. Neil, if you have a couple of questions, please feel free to go ahead. Yeah, I mean, my first question would basically be like, you know, do you have sort of like an end game when it comes to, you know, you know, when it when it comes to your career, or is it something where you're just kind of like whatever opportunity is given to me is 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 okay with me? Like, do you, in in other words, is there a specific position in this industry that you want to be in? So that's actually a really good question because again, I'm just, if I'm a freshman, I don't know if you guys mentioned that at all. I'm still just a freshman in college and I'm a very, everything's very new to me. I didn't go to a high school that was very high tech with everything. Like I go to college with a lot of people who've done a lot of behind the scenes stuff, a lot of camera work. That's all still very new to me and, and I enjoy it too. But the, the end goal for me would definitely be like a play by play guy for a sports team. That would definitely be on camera or like a radio guy, play by play, whatever it be. That's what yep. I want to do. Um, because I've also heard when you said, or do you just want to, anything that's open for, I guess the broad term would be communications, anything right. in the industry, do you, would you want to do it? And I've heard from a multiple amount of people, multiple amount of sources that don't, don't be like that because it's almost like, even though it makes yourself look versatile, it's I like agree. you're desperate and you're desperate at the same time. And you don't yeah, want to look 100%, like that. hundred percent, hundred percent with you. So I definitely want to be a play-by-play guy. Obviously, it's not going to start off like that. I'm not going to come in out of college, get a job, and be like, you're the new play-by-play guy for the New York Rangers. It's not going to be how it is. <laughs> right. Like right. But, again, work my way up the ranks, see what happens. Um, I'm excited, you know. I'm really excited to see what the future holds. And I think it's bright so far with how I've been uh, networking myself, connecting with people such as you yeah. guys, and just, just putting myself out there is the best way to put it. I think that, I think that's an excellent – you know, a couple of points that you made. And I like the fact that you brought up the whole thing about, you know, not just taking any sort of position just because it's out there. You know, I remember as I, you know, as I grew up and when I was, when I was basically your age and, you know, going to certain camps and going to certain classes, I, I, I heard the same thing over and over again, like, oh, mm-hmm. go out and get, you know, whatever job is available, you know, do whatever you can. And to an extent, you know, I can see why people would want to do that because it gives them a chance to get their name around, to get their face around so that people get to know them. But you also don't want to put yourself in a position where you're slotted into one thing. So if you start out behind the board, you know, before you know it, if, you know, if things don't pan out the way that you want, you could get slotted into doing that for like 15, 20 years. And then by the time you really realize it, you say, oh, I'm in my late 30s, early 40s, and I still haven't been able to achieve what I want to achieve. And so I I like the fact that you're focusing on a specific area that you want to be in and wanting to be determined that way. That's that's very good. Um, My next next question is this, and this is kind of... um, this is kind of, and you don't have to have an answer to this at all. Okay. Okay. Um, but I guess my question to you would be, you know, with, with a lot of broadcasters and a lot of like hosts of shows and things like that, everybody has like a shtick, you know, something that people can relate to them. You know, they say something and, you know, that's immediately like, oh, that's definitely that, you know, like whether it's home run calls or, you know, like Sam Rosen says, it's a power play goal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's things like that. Do you have in your mind, a specific shtick or is it more of something that you're not really sure about? And it's still like, cause I, again, I know you're only a freshman. Yeah. Um, is it something that you're still kind of working on? Damn, I, I would definitely say, 
Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's, a, that's, that's definitely a difficult question because, I, again, I started helping out calling the um, – being a color commentator for, like, the basketball games here at Newman and stuff. Um, and, again, you know, just, like, doing little things on my own because we haven't yeah. been able to have a lot of sports happen and they're just starting up again. But I would definitely say it's something that I'm still working on. Mm-hmm. Um, being relatable is, like, part of who I am. But as a broadcaster, you have to almost do it when you're calling the game. It's not like you can constantly just tell a personal story because you have to worry about the game, but also, yeah. you know, bring those viewers in, attract them. Um, mm-hmm. I would definitely say it's something I'm still working on. Um, and, again, I don't know if we hear it or you guys hear it all. People say, I, again, I don't hear it at all, obviously, but people say I have an accent from where I'm from. I mean, people on the East Coast or from where I'm at, I guess that they say, because I've talked to people who are play-by-play guys from like, again, I like an example would be like Michigan. And they say, yeah. I have a heavy accent from where I'm from. And again, I, I, don't, I don't hear it at all, but uh, I guess that's, that'd be the only relatable thing I can think of compared yeah. to like where people I'm around. I mean, besides that, definitely something I'm still working on. Almost like a trademark is what I kind of like look at as. So, yeah, that that's exactly that, that's exactly what what I kind of meant to say by by shtick. You know, something that you know everybody can relate um, to you. So I think that's oh yeah, I think yeah. that's really important. I mean, like my like an example that I could give is like when I first started working for the Jersey Shirelles, like my first year, all the time. And Jimmy can vouch for this. I literally just came up with a nickname for basically every player on the team. Yep, like I just kept and. Like the parents loved it, the players loved it. Like it was just something that everybody they wanted. St- they still do to do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't do it nowadays just because it's a little bit more difficult. We don't get a chance to get to know the players as 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 personal as we did before, and you know, th- right. times change. But it's it's something that is an example of what I'm trying to say, and it's right. good that I think what's good is that you know, again, since you're only a freshman and you already have ideas and kind of like an end game and and how you want to approach it and you're already doing stuff in this field just mm-hmm. shows that you are far you are much further along yeah. than a lot of other people and oh, yeah. i think that's something to keep in mind is that even if you don't feel like things are really rolling and obviously things are difficult right now with covid 19 hell i personally still still struggle with it i'm still trying to get my name out there and i'm i'm only 23 but you know i've done a lot since like I was your age mm-hmm. to now, even if it doesn't feel like a lot personally, you know, still able to do a lot of things. So, so that's good. And I'm glad that you, you have that attitude. I think that's really, really important. No, yeah, I appreciate that is, it. no, yeah, that I'm, I'm hundred percent with Neil on that one. And as far as what he said about getting your name out there, it, it definitely is tough. I, I definitely feel you and I definitely feel him on that too. I'm going to be 27 next month and I'm still trying to get my name out there as much as possible. It, it hasn't been easy, especially with, COVID and everything going on so I definitely I definitely can vouch for that too and about the accent bro you have no idea dude I literally get all the time that I have a New York accent I'm like I'm not from New York I'm from Jersey (laughs) I don't know where people get that from so I'm like hey I'll take that as a compliment I guess but I'm not from New York so yeah it's like weird because we're I guess I don't hear your accent either I guess like Thank we're you. All, Thank yeah, you. we're all yeah, we're all from Jersey. I mean, we all I guess have the same relative like relative accent. I guess it's just we don't we don't hear it. We don't hear it at all, man. Until you hear other people from again like Michigan or like anywhere else like that's not yeah, around yeah. here, they'll be like, "How like what are you saying?" I'll be or <clears> they say, for example, I pronounce like my O's like long. So like when I say home, they say I, I don't. They say I say it longer. I said I don't know what you are talking about, and <laughs> under any terms, I have no clue. Yeah. But it's pretty. Right, it's yeah. like really cool. It's really cool though at the same time because 
you just feel like I don't know. I guess unique to an extent. I, I don't yeah, know. Really right. It. Right. No, it no, makes no, that no. makes a hundred percent. That makes a hundred percent sense. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it, it, it oh, all yeah. just depends on where you're from. I mean, let, like, yeah. you know, if you meet somebody who's born and raised in Texas, you're you're going to hear that accent. I don't think there's any oh, yeah. question about it. If you if you meet somebody who's from Canada, especially in the Pacific Northwest, I mean, you're gonna. Yeah you're going to hear somewhat of an accent. Um, it just depends on where you're from and, and the genetics, especially if you're from a certain area. I mean, it just, mm. you know, none of us notice it because we're all from, like you mentioned, we're all yeah. from the same area, but right. certainly other people would notice it. I mean, hell, even I've met people even from as close as like Long Island that say, oh, you have an accent. And like, you don't, you personally don't recognize it. Even if you listen to yourself, you don't recognize it, right. but you know, it's just, that's just how, that's just how the, the, the world works basically. <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Here's my, here's my next question for you, Alex, in your time as I know it's, a, I know it's been a short time, but as you're during your time as a color commentator for your college basketball team, what have you learned the most? And I know you want to get into play by play, but what do you feel is different about being a color commentator? Because like you, I also want to be a play by play guy. Um, Neil is obviously a color commentator and works the camera for the Whalers. So he can definitely vouch for what you're doing as well. What do you think is most different between color and play by play? Um, I would that say is a good question. that is, yeah, it is a good question. And I think of all, again, I've only done a handful of games, but I definitely right. learned a lot from the start in terms that I know play-by-play, -play, and excuse me for the door, our door for our dorm room is extremely squeaky if you heard any of that. It's like, I, mean, definitely... I, 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 I can hardly hear it, so you're fine. Okay, all right, cool. Let's say it's very <laughs> annoying, very annoying. But going back, uh, for play-by-play, -play, it's you're constantly talking. You're the main guy throughout the broadcast, and you're the guy everyone's listening to and knows the most. Obviously, the color commentator, people know as well, but it's more of they know of them, or it's like, oh, he, it's almost like – He's the Robin of the Batman, but they don't realize how much like they like how much of a uh, importance they have as well with the broadcast. Um, they would just say it's almost like you have to know when you're going to talk. It's basically a conversation, and I'll mention them. Billy Hunt is the one dude who basically does all the play-by-play -play ga um, games for the basketball team, and he's saying, "Look, even though when you see it on TV." And it realized it's just a, like, it seems almost just like a broadcast for the game. It's also a conversation at the same time you're having with the guy next to you about the game. So I would just say it's just more like, you have to just be relaxed, like know your audience, obviously where you're at. I mean, we're a Catholic yeah. college. We know you have to watch your language, of course, whether you're on the air or anywhere, obviously, <laughs> but you just have to, again, realize who your audience is, um, try to be relatable to them as much as possible. And, the difference between the two, again, I, I, I mean, if you guys give me some advice for that, that helped as well. Because, you know, it's, it's just uh, it's yeah. just limited appearances. It's, uh, it's kind of tough to pick it out just from the start. Um, but I would just say no one to talk for color commentating because your play-by-play guy is the one who's going to talk the most. Um, and just, just basically base everything off of what he's saying. Because mm. you can almost like pick, like if somebody you're thinking that you want to talk about and he mentions it, you can like piggyback off of that is what I've noticed. And just basically put basically put it in other words, or if he's we're constantly if there's someone uh, making a lot of a lot of points or uh, someone scoring a lot of goals, and he's not able to point that out, that's yeah. something you could point out. It's almost like oh, yeah. you're putting or put out stats and stuff. But that's what I've noticed. No, that I I I like that answer a lot, and pretty much, I I guess the way I can sum it up is the difference between play by play and color. Well, one 
one talks more than the other, a.k.a. Yeah. me. So my throat's more shot than anything. No offense, Neil. But, but no, no, in, in, all, in all seriousness, look, the difference for me, me personally, is that I, I tend to do a lot more research than the next guy because when you're play-by-play, you need to have as much stats in front of you as possible. You need to know who this player is, how many goals this guy has, how many assists this guy has. Yeah, how many, how many home it's runs true. does this guy have? How many base hits does he have? What's his on base percentage? Uh, what's the goalie's uh, goals against average? You gotta you gotta go through all this information, and it, it's tough. But yeah. if you have if you have something in front of you, because I I always have a piece of paper in front of me so I can pay attention to who's out on the ice and who who is who exactly. It's either a what? piece of paper or whatever's on his phone. When I don't have a piece of paper, that is. Yeah, but, um, sometimes <laughs> you got to deal with what you have. No, no absolutely. hundred percent. I think that was, I think that's what you had to do. Basically the last game we did. You yes. had to look on your phone. I, yeah, I did. So. I, I know Neil obviously does his, his research too. Cause he, he needs it as well for who he has to pay attention to. And you're a goal. You used to be a goalie, Neil. So you tend to pay more attention to the goalies. Which is which is a fact, um, but but no, I, I would say if you're gonna go into play by play like I am, definitely do a lot a lot of research, and I do mean a lot of it. Even if you have to like write things down on a separate piece of paper, stuff you don't know about that it, it doesn't say about said player, do it. That'll definitely help you a lot in the long run. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say because I noticed obviously like you, sometimes it can be hard to find some like the college rosters are always on where D3 school or not like D1. So we're not as like popular as other schools, obviously we're D3 all around. So you can all, we obviously find the rosters, find who they are as a, like, obviously we've gotten to know the players as the games have gone on for our team, but trying to find the opposing team as well can sometimes be difficult to find right. their stats, their schedules and everything like that, depending on who runs the school website for that team, yeah. it can just be difficult, but definitely the research, I, I that's one thing I did forget to mention because that's 100% true. Cause we always have to do research before the game, see who's uh, got the most points, see, see who's on the team, uh, who's a, they mainly, who's like going to start, for the game and everything get the most playing mm-hmm. time how many p how many players each team has on the bench is another thing we look at oh, yeah. um just because that's something you can mention throughout the game is what i we usually do that a lot we'll say because our t- our teams usually have a big bench and the opposing teams lately haven't so we right. usually if when the last game we were up we'll say okay that bench is definitely helping out the team win because they right. don't have as many legs as we do 100 <laughs> percent. neil go ahead I guess I'd like to tell you guys a story to kind of pretty much answer the question. Um, You know, for most of my life, when I was growing up, uh, my whole goal was to be a play-by-play voice for basically anybody. Like it didn't, I never had a specific team. It was just kind of like whatever play-by-play opportunity I could get is what I wanted to be. And I remember going to the play-by-play camps um, and I went to a bunch of other stuff. I, I went to, Hofstra University and got my certification in broadcasting and journalism um, up there for a couple summers. Uh, I I even had my own TV show down in South Jersey for a couple of years where I was the host of a show for an hour and we, you know, it was just me talking. Um, and then when I got to the Whalers, um, I was told that there already was a play-by-play guy. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe we could alternate, maybe this, maybe that. That obviously has not been the case since I got there. I have been the color commentator. And to be honest with you, it kind of has made me realize that I enjoy that position 
position more than I enjoy the play-by-play. -play -play. And that's no disrespect to Jimmy or to anybody who does that position. And I will explain I'll it in it. my own way. I like that, you know, you brought up, you know, to me, it's, it's this. You're telling the people that are listening or are watching or both, you're telling them a story as a, as a color commentator. You are describing the, the things that are going on. The play-by-play -play guy just tells you what's happening, right. you know, play-by-play. -play. The color guy comes in and just describes everything else and why certain things happened and what this other person is seeing. And it just... It's good because if you're a very creative person with a very big imagination and just a lot of emotion, you can create that whole, you can create that whole story. You can create that canvas. It's like, you know, painting a canvas. It's like, that's what you got to do. You got to paint a canvas, especially if you're on radio, because if you're on radio for obvious reasons, people are not watching, they are listening. So you have to be even more descriptive of of what you're talking about so that people can imagine in their mind what's going on in the game even though they cannot watch it so i i would say that and i mean obviously the biggest difference um is that a play-by-play -play guy probably gets paid more than a uh, color commentator um but you know that, that that at the end of the day that doesn't really that doesn't really matter that much um right. but really it's about figuring out like what type of personality that you have and going from there. So my thing for you, Alex, is this, if you enjoy being a color commentator because of the way you describe stuff, then do that. Then like, that's going to get, that's going to be your thing. Like that's, I'm not, I'm not saying that to tell you to not chase being a play by play guy, but I am saying that there is usually more than one broadcaster on a broadcast and there are multiple opportunities. It's, for play-by-play -play guys, there are usually a lot of really specific criterias that come into it. Um, and not all the time are color commentators. Um, there aren't as many, there aren't as many play-by-play -play opportunities as there is sometimes color commentators. Because sometimes color commentators, people look at it like, oh, it's a lower level. Oh, it's not as like glamorous and all that stuff. But I would say it's just as glamorous as the play-by-play position because of the fact that you get to describe what's happening in a much more detailed way than the play-by-play -play guy can because the play-by-play -play person doesn't have the time to describe it in that in that specific way the color commentator that's his job so an example would be jimmy will call a goal right and he will say this is that player's third goal of the game or something like that I will then jump in after he's done and I will describe, I will say what I think happened or like what I saw happen. And right. I go, well, it was a case where it was a broken play in the offensive zone. And then the other team got the puck and they came down two on one and they went cross crease and the guy just tapped it in over the, you know, top, top shelf over the goalie's glove side and into the back of the net. That's an example of what I'm talking about, where you're describing it in great detail. Jimmy does not have the time, nor is it his job necessarily to do that part. And that's why there is a play-by-play -play guy and a color commentator usually, not all the time, not all the time, right? but usually they have to because of that reason. So that, would, that whole long answer right there is 
what is the difference between the two? And my only advice, and I use this advice wholeheartedly, and I've been preached this advice all the time, is you never know who you're talking to. Why? Like, because the same people you meet at the top are the same people you're going to meet at the bottom. Like, honestly, like be, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so true. Be kind to the people, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, at the height of your success, because they're the same people you're gonna, you're gonna meet at the, at the low, at the low points. Um, but yeah, just, you know, find a way to get your name out there. You know, if you got to do YouTube, do YouTube. If you got to do a podcast, do a podcast, whatever, whatever you think makes sense, do it. And, you know, find a shtick and get, get people to notice you. And once they do that, you know, things will start to, things will start to fall in place. Not immediately. Some people do get lucky. Um, but like for guys like myself and Jimmy, you know, we're still grinding to get to that point. And that's what you should realize and to not be hard on yourself because you're what 18. Yeah. You're 18. You are five years younger than I am. And you're nearly a decade younger than Jimmy. You have, (laughs) you are in a very good spot where you're seeing an example of guys that are still you know, fighting for that big opportunity for both of us. And we're still very young. I mean, 26, 27 years old is still incredibly young. 23 is incredibly young. 18 is like ridiculously young. And you're a freshman in college. You got a lot of time. You just have to let the game come to you and understand that things are going to happen as long as you continue to keep your eyes on the prize, whatever that prize is for you. Keep your eyes on it. Remind yourself all the time when things get tough, why you're doing certain things and going from there. Alex, feel free to respond if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, the best, the only thing I was going to say is I've heard from multitude of people uh, that this industry, it's a grind. You mean, you obviously, unless like you're, you are that like gifted or you know somebody that is that high up and you get that opportunity to be that next guy right away, then, hey, that's the situation. But it is a grind. I've heard it from every single person. The fact that I'm able to talk to you guys and, you know, be on your podcast about this and hear this information because every, it's not like it's you guys and you guys, again, are also both of you incredibly young for this industry and going up and keeping, you guys are just grinding right now at the, like where you are right now. Everybody who's at the top of it, who has like such people like Sam Rose and Michael K, the big professionals that everyone knows for these big sports teams, they were once in your guys' positions too. So it's right. like I'm hearing it from the bottom and then like from the top, it, it, it just keeps growing. It's like a ladder almost. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. and whether it be for me, it, either in color or play by play. And again, I'm still learning and all of that information was great. Neil, I really, really appreciate that because yeah, no problem. Because when you no said, problem. when you said like telling a story almost, you like, I've heard that before and I actually forgot about it. And that's on me for forgetting. But when you said that, it's like, it's true. Cause it is like, you're telling a story. You're yeah. giving that other information that a play-by-play guy is not. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, you, they both contribute one way to both solve the puzzle. And it, it's yeah. without one, it's hard to like, it's hard to, you know, it takes more time is the yeah. best way to put it. But thank you. Yeah. You, you, no problem. You, you couldn't have said it any better and you are more than welcome, man. So with all that being said, Let's dive into some sports talk, shall we? So let's start. <laughs> yeah, we're like York- 30 minutes into this. <laughs> well, I just I just want to give some time to discuss this. It's fair. No, it's know. fair. No, no shame in that. Relax. But, but seriously, though, since we're fresh talking about the New York Yankees, Neil and myself, which we did in the last episode, why don't we get your thoughts on the Yankees as well? Because Neil and I had 
quite a bit to say. I don't, I don't have to. I don't have Yankees. to talk about this again, right? Like I don't have to no, go into my whole no, spiel again. You, you, you don't <laughs> have to respond if you well, don't this, want to. So, all right, we already yeah. we already know your feelings from the last episode. Yeah. So you don't have to say. Don't, don't ask me. Oh, and by the unless way, unless he, unless, unless Alex wants to know, I'll be bluntly honest. I mean, if well, by the way, let me say this: if you want to know what we said in the last episode about the Yankees, go check it out. Check out right. the last episode exactly. that we did. I'll leave a link in the description section, or it'll be at the end of this video. Give okay. or take. But anyway, with that being said, Neil and I had quite a bit to say about the Yankees because honestly, we our expectations for them really are not that high this season. This this is World Series or bust for the Yankees, oh. in our opinion. So wait, how is wait, how are you saying they're not high yet? Well, you I'm, just well, said that yeah, their no, expectation let, let, let me, is to me, win the World Series. Let me take that back. What's the difference? Let me take that back. They are high, but 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 the Yankees said, are not the Pirates, Jimmy. Okay, well, they're not. Well, yeah. They're not in a position where they're Facts. not going to make the playoffs, let alone the World Series. So, Facts. No, no, you're right. But Neil and I basically said to sum it up: if the Yankees do not either a go to the World Series or b win it, there's going to be a lot, a okay. lot of question marks. This is where I got to jump in, and I got to correct you. You but, said. That they have to at least make the World Series. My opinion was, I took it a step further. If they don't win the World Series, this season was a failure. And right, this era right. of Yankee baseball that we've had since like 2017 has been a failure. Mm. No, no, yeah, no, you, 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 did, oh, you, did, you did say that. You did say that. And I do apologize. I will own it. But Get anyway, your facts well, right. Get your facts right, Jimmy. Come on. <laughs> you've, been in this, you've been in this industry long enough to know that you got to get your facts right. <laughs> you're, you're 100% right on that one, my man. But in, in all seriousness, the key players that I said I was going to keep my eyes out on are the following four people. Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, Luis Severino, and probably the most important one who I'm on my last legs on is Gary Sanchez. Because yeah. He has been abysmal. The last three, four years. So, says the guy that was trying to defend him the last two, three years. Uh, yeah. Uh, Look, I says think the same. He, says the same guy that tries to defend Daniel Jones as a quarterback as well. We're not. So, gonna, Daniel we're, Jones. We're, we're, we're uh, not going to get into that discussion here. You, you already know no, my gotta, feelings. No, you already wait, know my feelings. We'll Neil. I stand months. by them. I'm not changing my mind until proven otherwise. No, our, our anyway, NFL, our, our NFL preview is going to be great this year. <laughs> oh, no. uh, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I can't wait. But anyway, I, I feel bad for not letting this kid talk. So let me get to <laughs> You're good. You're good. <laughs> but but those, are, those are the four players I'm keeping my eyes out on, especially Gary Sanchez, because I'm on my last legs with him. In your opinion, what are your expectations for the New York Yankees? And if they don't win the World Series, what do you think should happen? You know, I've, I've so coming from a guy who's from the South Jersey area, closer to Philly more than New York. You don't get a ton of Yankee fans down here. It's, you can't always have this conversation. So I'm glad that I'm able to ha talk about this because I've wanted <laughs> to talk about this with the Yankee fans for a long time now. Obviously, I talk about this with my dad and my, yeah. some of my cousins who are Yankee fans. But, okay. you know, especially on a podcast, and this is a, it's a great question. And so getting into it, though. There you go. I definitely would agree with you guys, and to both of you guys, in terms of if we don't win the World Series, there's got, there's a, it's, it's a bust. But if we make it, if we make the World Series, I feel a little happier just that we got there. If we right. don't win, it's a bust either way. Like whether you don't like, if you make it and don't win, it's it's a bust. If you don't make like if you don't make it to the World Series in general, it's a complete bust. It's oh, absolutely yeah. complete bust. 
the big things with me with this team is is pitching. Obviously, pitching has been the question mark for a while, and I know we just got Jamison Tyon. I know we just got Corey Kluber. But I feel like, and I talked about this with my uncle Rich. So if I eventually listen to this podcast, shout out to him. But I talked about this with him over text. It's still too big of a question mark in terms of even though we have these guys and we've seen what they can do like in the past, Tyone has just came off his second um, Tommy John surgery. Kluber hasn't been healthy for like almost three years now, it seems. And we're, it seems like we're relying on them too much. And even though Garrett Cole had a pretty solid year last year, it wasn't the dynamite Garrett Cole that we were expecting him to, you know, come in, be the lights out, shutout guy, an ERA almost below two to where we expect it. it, it he's a great, great ace. But the pitching is still questionable, especially oh, – yeah. and I'm so pissed off with this guy. I'm so done with him. And I'm done but like because he's a great closer. But Aroles Chapman, how are you going to smile after you gave up a home run to obviously Jose Altuve, but those are trash can bangers. They, they're cheaters. They don't, count as, <laughs> yeah. they don't even count as baseball players. They really don't. Like, oh, I hate yeah. the Astros. But Facts. I don't even know the guy's first name, Brasso. Mike, and you Mike, just, Mike Brasso. Mike, Bra- Brasso. Mike Brasso. You just – you give up a homer to him and you just – and you lose, obviously the Rays made it to the World Series and they lost in six games. So right. props to them. But at the same time, you just smile after giving up the homer. Like this is the biggest game. It's game. What was it? Game five, right? It was game five. They lost it was the five the, games. It was the, yeah, it was the, it was the ALDS. It was game five. You're smiling. The pitching is always going to be a question mark with the Yankees, just because again, Severino is another question mark because he's he's coming off injury. And I, said, I really I said, hope I said the same thing. I really hope he comes back and does a solid job because I love Luis Severino. But again, it's just still a question mark and I'm not completely sold yet. I think they're going to do a solid job. In my heart, I think we're actually going to have a solid rotation this year. Now, hold, I think hold, hold on. I'm going I'm to cut you off for just one second. I apologize. No, go ahead. Because you brought up Chapman. You make a very yeah. good point. So here was, here was my suggestion. Why don't you make Zach Britton the closer? Oh he's my God! What do you he want? is a much better closer like, than Aroldis Chapman has been. Bro, what do I you wouldn't want? do, do that. Have like twenty balloon no? saves, bro. Zach Britton is so overrated; it's a joke. Oh my God! Oh, bro, he's not what taste. he was in Baltimore. Okay, that he's not. not, he's not. He was. He's and not. the reason that he was as good as he was in Baltimore was because he was literally one of the only talents they had. Oh, so so, so then, who would you make your closer then, Neil? Who would I make the closer? Do you have Do you have any other bright ideas? Uh, excuse me with the attitude. Um, <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The first of all, the Yankees are not going to do what you just suggested. They are going to stick with it being. I obviously, I obviously know that. It's just a, it's just a suggestion. But there is literally, like, there's literally nobody on this team that I trust. Honestly, <laughs> pitching wise, I don't like God. even Garrett Cole. I don't really, I don't trust a hundred percent because Alex brought up a good point. Garrett Cole was good last year, but was he the Garrett Cole that we've seen the last several years? No, no, no. And you know, whether you want to say, oh, it was a 60 game season, no fans, pandemic, like I get all that. At the same time, he still like wasn't what we wanted him to be in that. Like the thing is, all right. The thing is with like the pitching is that I feel like the Yankees just want to keep doing what they did in 2008 and literally just get old ass players and just <laughs> think to God that they're gonna they're gonna do well. Corey Kluber, like yeah. he pitched one inning last year and then was out for the year. So yeah. I don't know what the Yankees think they're doing. And then they they got Jamison Tyon, who I like and still has a lot of potential to be good, but he is he does have he's had two Tommy John surgeries. Anticular cancer, like his body yeah. has taken a beating, and he he's barely played. So that's and not, he's that's not even thing. thirty yet. 
But to go back to answer your question, to answer your question, the only other suggestion, and this is going to sound ludicrous because I know what people are going to say. This sounds ludicrous, but we literally just brought him back after he pitched with the Mets last year, and that's Justin Wilson. Oh, my True. God. Yeah. I forgot about Justin Wilson. Do you understand, like, Jimmy, do you understand the fact that the Yankees' bullpen is not really that impressive? Like, do you understand it's, the fact that they are not as I good as you think that, it is? I understand that, but Justin Wilson? Really? Well, here's the thing. Zach Britton will will blow at least 10 leads per season. Like, he's done this several times. Oh. And, and then Aroldis yeah. Chapman. Here's the thing about Chapman. 90, like, more than half of the pitchers in Major League Baseball can throw over 100 miles per hour. He is it's no true. longer – like this diamond in the rough pitcher. Hitters uh, yeah. know how to hit 100 miles per hour. So that's why he started throwing an off-speed pitch, which is still impressive that it can go like 89 miles per hour on a curveball. Very impressive. But mm-hmm. he has no accuracy whatsoever. It just goes everywhere. And that's the thing. And what is it? Matt Blake is the pitching coach. Matt Blake, Steve Blake, which one is it? Uh, Matt Blake. Matt, Matt, Matt Blake. Blake. Yeah. We brought him from college, okay? Why, why would we think that a college pitching coach would somehow make the Yankees pitching staff better. I miss and the fact that the Yankees, like, <laughs> here's the thing that I don't get. The Yankees could have easily given, even after giving, you know, um, DJ LeMahieu his money, they could have easily given Tanaka his money and chose not to. Instead, going for cheaper options, cheaper with a capital C, in Corey Kluber and even to a lesser and to a lesser extent, Jamison Tyant. Like, why? The Yankees keep just they keep just like getting rid of players. They keep getting shedding salary. This is the this is the New York Yankees. This is the most expensive franchise in baseball and one of the top five expensive franchises in all sports. I know we went through a pandemic and we're still going through it. And I know that there was a lot of financial losses. But the Yankees are talking about trying to win a championship and they keep subtracting instead of adding. And they keep lack and they keep lacking one thing and one thing only. They have very they have barely any timely hitters on this team. Thank All you. All they care about yeah, is yeah, the home yeah. run. That's, that's that's oh my gosh. Change. Oh my gosh. That is I, Thank I, you. If I if I may add real quick. No, go, that, go ahead. That is, that is that is the biggest thing that I have noticed about the Yankees. Not just like from last year, for years now. And that is something I, I know I've talked about on our school radio station here in Newman because on one of my radio shows I have, I've talked about this. The thing in baseball right now, it is a walk, it is a strikeout, or it is a home run. And those are the big three things with baseball right now. They're yep. literally teaching kids at the younger levels to swing with an uppercut, swing with an uppercut so they can put more balls in the air so they can try to drive it outside the park. We don't have as many slap hitters. We don't have the contact guys anymore. And that is a big thing that we miss in baseball and the biggest thing that we miss on the Yankees. Yep. We have DJ, DJ LeMahieu and Gio Urshela to an extent. But besides that, I mean, that's really Doesn't it. Matter. Everybody else is – it's. It's all power hitters, and that's yep. a big thing. I wish Tyler Wade could hit, because if he could hit, he'd be a fantastic yeah. player. Oh, my yeah, God. Neil, yeah. Neil, Neil, Neil's not a huge fan fucking, of Tyler Wade. Fucking Tyler Wade, bro. <laughs> so, he is so irrelevant, it's a joke. Like, he must he have is. a picture. He must have a picture of Brian Cashman <laughs> doing something illegal, and that is why he's on this team. Like, oh, he man. literally has been on the team for, like, three years, four years, right. and he averages batting, like, 189. And 
He <laughs> likes to act like he's hot stuff. Like when he hangs, when he celebrates with he's, the team, he's not- this man literally is just the cheerleader for the rest of the team. Like, and I'm sure Tyler Wade's like a great guy. I'm sure he is hundred <laughs> percent, yeah. but like, he is a mediocre to bad baseball player. Like uh, yeah. the fact I mean, that yeah. we think that he is the best backup to like DJ LeMahieu or Glaber <laughs> over like a guy like Miguel Andujar, who you literally could just implement anywhere in the field mm-hmm. is really stupid in my opinion. And it's like, oh, but we, but we need some speed on the base pads. Yeah, you need speed, but you also have to get hitters that could actually yeah. put the ball Thank in play. You. Thank you. Base it's always a ground ball. ball. It's always a ground ball, and he hits it to second base every time. He pulls it it's every time. The battery to pops base. up. I've yeah, seen yeah, exactly. Times. I've seen, I've seen you, a, like. Do you understand how like hyped up I was when like he hit a fly ball to right field that nearly went to the warning track? Like it was like the yeah. furthest ball I'd ever seen Tyler Wade mm-hmm. yeah. in his entire career. Like I don't get, I don't get that. Like old old ass Brett Gardner coming back. I don't get that. I uh, really there's... don't. I really disagree with that. Um, oh, old ass Jay Bruce as well. Yeah, Jay that's good. Yeah, so sure. the thing with Jay Bruce is, I mean, he's he a, sucks. He, that's the he, thing with Jay Bruce. He, he sucks, but like. If it when he like if he hits, I mean it could be anybody that hits a home run. But they're hoping if he comes off the bench, he could be the guy, especially with three fifteen in right field in Yankee Stadium. They're hoping he could drive the ball out. Oh, but it, it, there's it's no such thing as a short porch. There's uh, no yeah, such yeah, thing yeah, as a short yeah. porch. I'm really tired of this. Three fifteen is not short. I don't get that. Three fifteen is not short. Go, go, go to, to Fenway Park. Park and then talk to, to us about a short. You want to go? You want to go? Uh, nuts you know, you, here's the thing. I don't know if you yeah. guys know this. But okay. I believe City Field's short por- uh, right field porch is shorter than Yankee Stadium. Really? Stand by. I'll, stand by. I'll, I'll, I'll find wrong. that out. Citizens Bank Park, same thing. PNC oh. Park, home of the Pirates. They have the, the right field, you know, the wall there. That's yeah, pretty yeah. damn short. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the left field in Fenway Park is short. So yeah. I'm tired of the Yankees just like – I'm t- it's not really the Yankees that are saying it. It's, it's the media saying that – Oh, yeah. the Yankees are trying to cr- get players that can hit home runs over the short porch. There's no such thing. It's not a short porch. It's Fair. really not. Even in the and, old and by Yankee the way, stadium, in, 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 in regards to City Field, yeah, that is a lot shorter than the Yankees. This is my point. You're right. Like, so, so, like, Jay Bruce did well with the Mets. Why? Well, they did actually have somewhat of a short porch in right field. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, Lucas Duda was the same way. You know, um, yeah, was, guys like that. Yeah. Like, but the thing is, like, and I don't really care about this because to me it doesn't matter. When they mm-hmm. talk about like trying to have a balanced lineup where instead of having all like left-handed batters or like all right-handed, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, talk about. To me, that doesn't matter because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you still have to hit the ball. Yep, you still exactly. have to make contact. And like this whole like psychological thing with like hitters like facing a left-handed batter. Or left-handed pitcher, right-handed batter, right-handed pitcher. Yeah, can, can, can we throw that I, out, I think that's, please? I think it's, that's it's a little nonsense. bit of hogwash, in my opinion. I mean, I agree. granted, I the out of all the sports that I played, I played baseball the least. So, like, forgive me if I'm not like totally like you know okay. baseball you know facade yeah. here, but I'm just gonna be honest. Like, the thing is, is like, you know, with the Yankees, is that I just feel like they are okay with being mediocre yeah. if oh that makes God. sense they <laughs> yeah. are okay yeah. uh-huh. with doing what they're doing like it doesn't yeah. bother that like it bothers yankee fans don't get me wrong oh my god but it oh doesn't like 
But this is where I come back yeah. to, and Jimmy's heard me say this a handful of times. The interest of the owners is not the same as the interest of the fans. 100%. So the owner yeah, yeah. might be more interested in just getting earning as much money as possible. Oh, yeah. Well, if you want to also win, you have to spend money to make money. But a lot yep. of owners don't want to spend that money. So instead, they usually try to hope that they can have like maybe a farm system where for maybe a year or two, they're, they're really, really good. And their salary is like one of the lowest in baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what the Mets tried to do for many, many years. And yeah. obviously that didn't work out. Right. But as you've seen with all these recent World Series champions – the one thing they all have in common is that at some point they spent a crap load of money on somebody. Mm-hmm. They spent a crap load. That's why the Phillies went out and got someone like Harper or gave all that money to Real Muto. That's why the Dodgers keep going out and trying to get that big name guy, Machado, oh, Mookie Betts, Trevor they signed, Bauer. They signed Mookie Betts to that big contract. Yeah, they signed Trevor Mookie Bauer Betts. this offseason. Like, right, the, Yankees, yeah. the Yankees tried to do the same thing and they brought in Stan. And that was a very big no-no because – Here's the thing. Stanton is a liability with the bat. He is a liability with the glove. He is getting in. He's injury prone. As you can see, he hasn't had a full season since he got to New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's so like, he's so deteriorated at this point that they, they just put him as the DH. And because that's literally all they have there for with, with bets and the other guys, at least they can hit like over Mm two fifty. I mean, that's just like, that's being generous. I mean, that's just the problem. The Yankees are top heavy in a very, very yeah. bad situation where they are not realizing that you still have to come through with timely hits and things like that to win a championship. And that this is why my expectation is that I don't think the Yankees are going to even make the World Series because I think that once again in the postseason, they're going to face a team like Oakland or Minnesota or hell, even Toronto, and they're going to be beat because their hitters are going to go, are going to go, you know, completely dark, and the other yeah. team is going to come through with timely hits. So, Alex, feel free to respond. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I, I, so I was talking to somebody about this, and I forget who it was, or maybe I heard it on a video or I saw it on YouTube. Basically, the point is, I heard something along the lines of that the what the Yankees have been doing for a few years now is they have. Some all-star players who are a little bit older have done it for a while, but they also have a really solid farm. Even though we're one of the best teams in baseball, or people like to say that, whatever you want to believe, we still have a pretty good amount of prospects or young guys that we're trying to work into the lineup. And we've been trying to do, trying to mix them both together, and it's just not working. I just don't feel it's been working, and to the point that we have not been able to succeed to even get to the World Series, and it's just been pissing me off. To the point, like you were saying, Neil, we just are so okay, the, at least not the fans, at least, because obviously we're the fans and we're getting right. pissed off at this. But right. the front office, the people who are actually part of the Yankees seem to just be okay with being a good club, not a fantastic ball club, not a great, not a great baseball team. We are not up to the caliber of the Dodgers because we don't have the players to the caliber of the Dodgers. We don't spend the money like them. And when you were saying like trying to shed the contract. Well, I would just say real quick, Alex, that the reason that the Yankees don't spend the money is because they made a big financial mistake in acquiring Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. Yeah. Stanton has single-handedly prevented the Yankees from doing anything. Right. Like, because, because, Steinbrenner, Hal Steinbrenner, does not want to go over the luxury tax. So because of that, he has to shed salary in order to keep the albatross of a contract that Stanton has. 
and still try to find a way to build a winning ball club. And that's, and look, we're going to get to that point. Judge is going to be a free agent in a year after, in, after 2022, Mm -hmm. same thing with Glaber. I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to keep both of those guys. I don't, even though I think that sounds ridiculous. I don't think it's going to be that way. And to be honest with you, at least from judge's standpoint, I'm not satisfied with what Judge has done since he got I to agree. New York. Mm. I agree. Because I agree. of the fact that Judge has been just as bad as some of the other big name players on this team in the postseason. And, and he and, continues and, and, to... and his oblique has been giving him fits. It's, so he's injury prone as well. Right. Yeah. So well, the Yankees want that. to give him I mean, so what? The Yankees want to give him 350 million dollars? Do I you really do you really want to go? Do you want to go? Do you want to make this A Rod again? Like, do you want to do the A Rod situation again? You want to put yourself no. in that position? This is my point. So my point is, is that like, do I think the Yankees could fix the situations that they have? I I don't think so because I think they're too far gone at this point. I think they're just hoping to God within the next two or three years they win a title, and then they can kind of like. Oh, well, not necessarily like get rid of everybody, but kind of like be like, all right, now we could do other things because now we want a championship. Yeah. And, you know, like, the Dodgers, like in, in, like, in other, in other words, like hit the reset button. I think the Yankees only option to fix the problems that they have is to hit the reset button, but they can't. Right. It's a big financial decision. It's a big, you know, from a team standpoint, talent wise, it's a big thing. And, you know, look, the Yankees could obviously go and continue to scout really good talent and get great players. Mm -hmm. But 2017 was a fun year for everybody because it was players who were getting paid literally nothing. And they were one win away from going to the World Series. And probably would have won it. And since that point, the Yankees have spent money on guys that do not do anything productive. Aaron Hicks getting seven years, 70 million. To I, be, oh my gosh. Yeah. To be a 12 hitter <laughs> in that's, center that's, field that's not, that's is not looking really good right bad. So like, if you're not a Yankee fan, you don't get like why these things piss us off. Cause yeah. you're, cause from the outside, you're asking, well, why can't the Yankees just win it? Well, we're pointing out all of the issues as to why they cannot win it. Right. Why did why did they lose to the Tampa Bay Rays last year? It because, had nothing to do because with because Tampa pandemic. Bay had guys who had, came up with timely hits. It's exactly the right point, and it was it was sad that the only guy that seemed to come to play was Stanton, and that yep. said a lot. Yeah. I mean, Gio Urshela comes up really small, mm. Judge. Sanchez is just abysmal. He, he's the worst Sanchez, catcher I've man. ever seen play the game of baseball. <laughs> just the Yankees have maybe two years, maybe three, if you're pushing it to do this. And after that, you gotta, you gotta just tear you gotta, it down. You gotta change some to. at that point, because, because if you don't, you're ruining every, you're, you're hurting the fan base. You're hurting the team. You're hurting the players for hurt that play for the team. You're hurting everybody that is part of the Yankees, whether you actually are, part of the Yankees or your people like us who say we're part of the Yankees. You know what I'm saying? Like right. you're hurting everybody. And that's yeah. just not good. Cause it looks so bad for your franchise. Yeah. And so bad for your ball club on every cent, every level possible. <laughs> Cause I root for the Eagles too. And man, that is a yeah. whole shit show right there. Ooh, for football. Is, so, and, and it seems like, that's, yeah, I'm, it I'm seems so like what sorry. Is, oh my God. It seems like that's what it's turning into for the Yankees for baseball. And if that happens, man, I'm going to be so pissed off and on so many levels 
And like just going back to Gary Sanchez, I wanted to bring this up. At least the at least the at least the Eagles won a championship in the last decade. Well, well true, yeah, true, yeah, there true. is that, yeah. And that's the thing that pisses me off about Eagles fans, like they're acting like they, they still haven't won a championship. And it's like, come on, man. It, it, it's true. It's just it's you just, finally have one. You're, you you're just so, we're just so angry right now with Howie Roseman. That's the biggest thing. Howie Roseman, we want him gone. Howie, just, well, <laughs> as, as my friend Garrett, who is an Eagles fan, said. Howie Roseman, and I don't mean to change subjects, but I'll, I'll keep this, I'll keep this brief. Howie Roseman is a really good businessman. Like he gets business. He knows nothing about football. Same, wow. same with Jerry He's Jones terrible. at this like, point. You know, same with Jerry Jones. Jerry, okay, that I disagree with. No, I think Jerry <laughs> Jerry Jones knows football. He's just old. Okay, he's just, he's just old. True. He's trying to do the same things that won him championships in the nineties. Like this is no different. It's um, not working. But like that's the thing. Like, and that's why like I can't compare like. Brian Cash, uh, not Cashman, um, Hal Steinbrenner, like he's a business person. He's not a baseball person. And that's why we're in this dilemma that we're yeah. in. And that's why, you know, we're in the situation that we are. But um, but uh, let's talk about Gary Sanchez because I don't really, I don't want to do it. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll do I it. I already said my piece. Yeah, I, I want to do it just because I haven't been able to, and this will get help me get off my chest a lot more. Right. This guy we saw this is a therapy session, by the yeah, way. Yeah. We, <laughs> we've seen we've seen, I want to say, his rookie stint, which wasn't even a full season, and a little bit of his sophomore campaign where he did well. Where we said, okay, he's a good catcher. Where everybody saw him as a solid catcher. And a little yeah. bit of the first half when he was an all-star. Though well, I figured what year was that? 2018? Was it or was it 2019 when he, he might was all star? It was 2018, one of those two. 2018. 2018, right? Whichever so, won the, the whichever won the nationals for the host of. Yes, yeah, I think that's 2018. Yes, so we saw only, like three quarters of the first half where he did well, and then from there on out, from the the other quarter of the first half of the season, throughout the rest of the year, he was yeah. terrible, and oh, he doesn't oh, play. He does not play good defense. It's not even like he's great with the bat because that's all we seem to want him for right now. He didn't even hit 150 last year, it seemed, I don't think. He did so bad. He hit 147 last year. Thank you. So he was terrible. It wasn't even like he was good with the bat. And it's not like his arm can help us out because he never really has to use it because his defense is so bad. He cannot block a ball. If you want to throw someone at second, obviously it's going to help, especially if they're going to steal on you. So maybe that's one thing. But if you're trying to throw him out because there's a drop ball and you're looking for it and you're trying to throw him out at second or third, you're not going to be able to do it because you can't block the ball. He tries to he tries to um, scoop everything up is the right way to say it or whatever. He tries to pick yeah. it. He tries yep. to pick it instead of putting his body in front of it. He's probably the laziest catcher I've ever seen play the game. And uh, maybe that's a stretch because there are a lot of lazy catchers. You know, baseball's a no, long endeavor for you. Yeah, you get what I'm saying here. He's yeah. just so lazy. He looks like he doesn't care. And everybody keeps saying because he played in the Dominican League for a little bit before pre before um preseason. I'm thinking of like hockey, but spring training. He was, he was hitting bombs and everything. He's playing solid baseball. That league is not even close to being. That is probably the equivalent to single A baseball, the Dominican League. And the fact that they're comparing it to the major leagues is. Like I don't, I don't even look at it at it at that point. I just look at it as like you're playing wolf ball with the buddies. That's how I look at right, it. Right. You're in the you're in the MLB playing for the New York Yankees. Yankees, you are the starting catcher. I look at it as if you're playing the Dominican League and people are making a big deal. That's nothing. I don't even look at it at that point. Right. If he does not do good or good whether with the bat or defense at with either of them this year, I'm done. I want him out. I think Kyle Higashioka, even though he isn't that great with the bat, he seems like he's a power home run or nothing. At least seems- he can hit. Yeah, he hits over 150 at least. Like exactly. he does a solid exactly. job then, and his defense is really good. I yeah. think 
I think I'm done with Gary Sanchez after the season if we see the same thing or little, little improvement. Thank, th- I need to thank see a you. big thank thing. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so, you. So, so you're, you're I'm done. along with me. Neil's pretty much already done with them at this point, and I don't blame him. Oh, no, me. no. I was, done, I was done with Sanchez in 2018. Well, I, so that, that, I, that's, I what, know, that's what I, I mean. Know why that, it took, I don't know why it took Yankee fans as long as it has to, like, be – like, it pissed me off that, like, fans started calling in about Gary Sanchez – only last year because it was like we had seen it for several years where they would make the playoffs and he would do nothing oh my god like nobody would talk about (laughs) it It was like it was like why are we not talking about the fact that gary sanchez was considered to be the best catcher in baseball striking out three times more than he would than hitting the ball like it just it like it would be one thing right if he if he was batting like 235 and we'd say okay well you know there's a you know he he needs to work on a little bit no he like consistently is poor and not just in the postseason but in the regular season he's poor but chicks dig the long ball so everybody wants to talk about the 35 home runs and the 128 rbis he gets per year but it's he's not good and the yankees had an opportunity to get rid of him earlier with a lot more value if he continues, if he has another bad season this year, what value does he have to any team? None. None. Nothing. He's done. Very He's done little. at that point. The Yankees might just release him and just say, we're done. Like, yep. I'm pretty sure the Yankees have made it clear that, like, if he doesn't have, like, a turnaround this year, that they're done. And yeah. th- they brought in Robinson Chirinos for one reason and one reason only. Because Garrett Cole does not like pitching to Gary Sanchez. He liked pitching to Chirinos when they were in Houston together. That right there should be an issue. Like your number one catcher is not is not doing well with your number one pitcher or supposedly number one catcher. Like I said on the last episode, I would prefer the Yankees to have had a catching tandem of Higashioka and Austin Roman. That would be Thank fine. Thank you. They, yeah. Do just as good of a job. They're they're at, so like they combined to hit only 15 home runs. So what? Like if they're both like coming through in clutch situations and and doing well in the field, like that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. we don't need our our catcher to be the best player on the team. No, we're not we we're not in a Yadier Molina Buster Posey situation from like 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Like we're not right, in that fight. Right. So to me, to me, it's not put up or shut up for Gary Sanchez. It's like. I, at this point, I don't care whether he does good or not. I mean, he's already wasted several years, and I have no expectations of anything that he's going to do well this year. I expect him to once again have issues, and by the time we hit late April, people are going to want him out. Alex, last word on the Yankees? I mean, just following up with what Neil said on that one, I completely agree with what he said in terms of Gary Sanchez. I mean – Absolutely. If he doesn't, if he has another bad season, he's got to go. He's got to go. Oh yeah. No, I if agree. He's, if he's equivalent or like I said, very, li- very, very little better compared to what he was last year, he's got to go. It's a, I'm done with him. I think the reason why so many Yankee fans have had this patience with him is because we saw the breakout stud that he was when he came in with the Yankees, his rookie season or yeah, his rookie campaign, yeah. and a little bit of what that all-star form that we saw from him. I think that's why we've seen so much patience as from the Yankee fan, uh, fan standpoint, just because we're waiting to see if that could come back again. After the season, if he is not going back to that form, or even like even if he's not to the all-star form, if he's 
at least a solid catcher, I'll be okay with it. I'll be fine. Right. Yeah, me me personally, I'll be okay with it. Me but too. if he's not, obviously, he's got to go. And the Yankees just got to fix some things. We have to be a championship team. We can no longer be a, a, a playoff team. We have to be a championship team. There's a big difference between the two, and we have to make that jump. Couldn't have said it any better ourselves. So real quick, just to wrap things up here, let's shift over to some hockey talk because Alex, you and I are both do, Ranger fans. Do you fans. want me to be yeah. more upset? Like, why are you doing this to me? Oh, yeah. Um, nice apo- one last apologies night. for last night, Neil. But no, seriously. <laughs> but look, in all, in all honest to God seriousness, look, I look at both these teams and time I out, say, look, time out. Before no, you ahead, even start, Jimmy, I don't want to hear a word from you talking about what's wrong with the Devils and what they need to do because you have no right to speak about them. I was going to mention both teams, not just, just them. No, because but... you said it last night okay. on the group chat like you like you knew what was going on and you don't know the half of it. So, mm, mm, watch well, your mouth. Well, Neil oh knows boy. a lot more about the Devils than I do. So I'm just I'll, telling I'll definitely, you. I'll definitely I do host a podcast talking about the Devils, so I think I have the right to know. Exactly. Right? I think I, I think I do know what I'm talking about. Exactly. And, and go subscribe to Devil's State of Mind, by the way, if you are not subscribed already on the hockey I need, podcast I need, network. I need to get I need to get a lot more subscribers right now. Yes. I need to get so it going. Please, so please, please go subscribe if you're not already. It's really, really interesting stuff. But. As we stand right now, if I can get the division standings up oh, here, pain. the so pain. Rangers are currently at 500, 9-9-3, right behind right. Pittsburgh, who is 12-9, coming off a tough loss to the Flyers last night after having a 3 nothing mm-hmm. lead. And the Devils sit at Oh, is that what is that really what happened? Did they really blow a 3 nothing lead last night? Yes, they yeah, did. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, Cla- Claude Giroux scored with a little over two minutes left, and that's mm-hmm. how the game was lost. Wow. Oh, they didn't even oh they didn't even lose in a shootout. They lost nope. in regulation. it was a regulation. Regulation. Wow. <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> so so no point. As embarrassing is what the Devils did last night, I'll tell you that. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that was that, that yeah, was Yeah, y'all was, can have your fun. I mean, Go and I rub mean, it in. Alex and I are happy about it, but we're not going oh, yeah. over there. Anymore. Oh, yeah. Mind you, it's your first it's win honest. against the Devils this season, by the way. Just so, you know. It was a hefty <laughs> one, though. It was a hefty one. That's all that counts, you know. 6-1, that's a big score. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, how about, how about, how about that Chris Kreider? Oh, I just picked him up for fantasy, too. Oh, it was great. Kreider, right? <laughs> you have him on your fantasy team? I, I literally J- – oh. Jimmy, literally – I picked him up for last night. Last night he got me seven points. <laughs> oh my God, points. No, no, you didn't. I promise you, I did. Lily wow. jumped last night because I knew they were playing the Devils, and he got a hat trick. <laughs> that's that's bold, man. Hey, it worked. It worked oh, out yes, to it did. But no, in, in, in all honest to God seriousness, because I don't want to upset Neil anymore. Seriously, though, <laughs> it's already too when late. You, I don't know why you're apologizing. I said anymore. <laughs> But in all oh, seriousness, right. when you look at this Rangers team, obviously Henrik Lundqvist is no longer there. You have Igor Shesterkin, yeah. who we just heard his day today with a groin injury, and all the best to him. Obviously, that's that it. Was, that yeah, that that's, that's it. it, bro. Yeah, that. Like he shattered his pelvis. Yeah, right, dude. I, yeah. I, I literally, like, I literally just, almost. Oh I got God. scared. I got. I was really worried. Really yeah, worried. So, no, so was I. Bro, I, so does that, that mean Keith Kincaid has to be the backup? <laughs> at, so, least yeah. until, oh. at least until Chessie y'all, comes back. Y'all, y'all really ironic. thought Keith Kincaid was like your best option as a third string goalie. All right. I hope to God we don't see him. But seriously, when you look at this, Bro, if we see him tomorrow, if we see him 
If if I see him tomorrow, if I see him tomorrow, I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose. My, I'm gonna be so mad. And I hope then the Devils score like 12 goals on him. I really hope so. Oh, oh my goodness gracious! But what? Looking at this Rangers team, like I said, they're at 500 at the time of this recording. I didn't have any expect. I said this Rangers team was not going to make the playoffs, and for a very good reason. They're a Thank young God. team. And they they have uh, look. My biggest issue with them from day one has been defense. Although they have been pretty solid defensively as of late, and they have been scoring a little bit more lately, which I am happy to see. But can they keep that up consistently? So so it wasn't Lindy no Ruff's fault that idea. the defense was crap, right? You just exactly. Want to be clear on it? exactly. It wasn't Lindy Ruff, right? We're just we're no. clear on the fact that it no. wasn't Lindy Ruff's fault, right? Lindy Ruff is not responsible just, for the defense. Just wanted just wanted to hear that. Well, just wanted well, to hear I'll, that. Listen, you know that I'm the I'm the I'm probably one of the rare Ranger fans who actually has a bit of logic in him. Unlike oh yeah, no, and also fans. you're one of the few Rangers fans that was upset that you got the number one overall pick. <laughs> well, so I'm, 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 I ain't upset anymore. I ain't upset anymore because he looks damn great. I love Come on, that Jimmy. Kid. Are you serious? You were upset at first? Wait, what? Because I said, because I said that you really need another winger. You couldn't have gotten a little defensive help. That was my argument. That's why. I didn't so like they it. still could have. No, they still could have drafted like Bo. What? Like who could? They still could have drafted like the top defensive prospect with the number one overall pick. Well, yeah. They well, still could have done that. that, that they could have just fair. said no. We don't want Lafreniere. But but hey, listen. I we didn't say La, that. La, La, Lafreniere is definitely made me very very happy Literally. lately. I love the way he's been playing. But Alex. What were your expectations for this Rangers team? And do you, do you see them making the playoffs? So my expectations coming in the season were pretty much the same as yours. I saw a little bit of progression with the prospects, the younger guys. I saw them starting to gel a little bit more as a team. You obviously didn't see them gel too well at the beginning of the season, as well as when they played uh, the Hurricanes in the play-in round. Um, but I did see them, you know, potentially getting better. I thought they were going to be on the verge of making the playoffs, not making it this season. Just one, because the division is so good. And also two, just I don't think that even if they do make the playoffs, I just think they're a first round easy team to beat. That's all I see them as um, just because they're so young. They're not experienced yet. They still need to like mature a little bit as hockey players because they're just they're not they haven't been in the league enough yet. I think the oldest right. player on our team is Jack Johnson, and I don't even want to talk about that guy. I don't yeah, even want to talk about why him. why he's on the team. Is I have question, no though. idea. It's for, the, for the for the money Please. that we could have paid anybody else, such as Troy Stetcher or John Merrill, who are both on the Red Wings, even though John they're on the Merrill. Red Wings. Like, I mean, he. he I mean, die. I mean, John Merrill would be a better option than Jack freaking Johnson. I, I, I think both. I think both of those guys. In my opinion, again, I think both no, of them no, are better than Jack no. Johnson. <laughs> no, John, John Merrill. John Merrill is just a younger version of Jack Johnson. There is literally no difference. <laughs> Speaking from experience, he's literally the same player. He's got he's got nicer hair than Johnson. I mean, he's got the mullet. He's rocking the he's rocking the Bro, mullet. Like y'all, y'all just wanted to sign Jack Johnson for the memes. You just wanted to be a part of a meme. <laughs> it, 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 he, he's uh, terrible. He, he, I don't did he play last night? I didn't even know. I if really he played. Don't. He did. did. He play last night? He did. Like he, he, when he, 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 he so had a couple, was he on the ice? Yes. He, he had a, he had a yes. couple of nice plays, but he he's still bad. He's Bro, still Keontre, Keontre Miller had more ice time than he did. 
Oh, well deserved, dude. I, yeah, dude, so, I, I love Keandre Miller. Love yeah. So, no, I'm just, not saying that's bad, but I'm just saying, like, even a rookie had more attention than Jack Johnson. Yeah. If you're like, if you're in the league for that long and you've been on so many teams, and I don't really say he's respected anymore by the fans, at least, but if you're respected that much to keep consistently playing in the league and at least get a contract this all season, like, you, like, at that point, you expect to get more ice time. You expect to be a consistent defenseman who, at this point in his career, isn't going to put up a lot of points, who should just obviously be there to hit and block shots and be, right. a, a, be a stay-at-home defenseman. And he right. can't even do that. He can't even do that. No, he, so, just, no, he just sucks. Nope. He just yeah. sucks. But the Rangers this year have – they're 500. I think the way they've been, they've been playing lately, think, I think they deserve to be 500 compared to what they played like in the beginning of the season. They're 100%. definitely a mixture of guys who – I think could be really good and mixture of guys. So I think we just have there and it's filling guys, honestly, I, as much as I, I, I like Kevin Rooney, ex devil, by the way, you know that. Um, uh, <laughs> even though I, are you I, just, I, are you just finding out that he's trash, right? You're just finding this out. I, look, he's, I'm, he's, I'm he's realizing I'm no, no. And I, I was going to get to that. I'm he's realizing trash. that he's a, just a fill-in guy, a role player for that fourth line. Trash. And, but besides that, he is not even close to being as part of the Rangers, like, rebuild. He's not part of the Rangers no. from here on out. He's not one of those guys. He's no. actually, like, I look at Brendan Lemieux as a fourth-line guy that can consistently stay with the team. That's, yes. I don't view Kevin Rooney as that. Right. I just think the Rangers are a mediocre team who, as they've been playing, are going to have really good games or really bad games, trying to compete. But at the same time, they're not a playoff team yet. Mm. So, so you're right along with me. They're, they're definitely not a playoff team. And, Look, no. the, the, the couple of key guys who I know have done a really good job defensively so far have been Keandre Miller, who you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Adam Fox, and Ryan Lindgren when he's not taking stupid penalties. Yeah. Him no, and Fox have been quite the, the, quite the defensive pair lately. Yeah. Really, really solid together, and I love watching him play. But other than that – Got Adam Fox been, for literally nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got Adam and, Fox and, and, and for he's, literally and he's been nothing. their best defensive player. He's awesome. I love that guy, man. Yeah, I really do. I think he could be – he's an up-and-coming, like, one of those young guys. I mean, I wouldn't put him on the equivalent as Quinn Hughes and Kel McCarr, but he's, like, the tier under them for the up-and-coming young guys for defense. He's in, I, he's in the conversation. I and think. he literally gets almost 25 minutes of ice time per game. Mm-hmm. That says Absolutely, a lot yeah. about that him. That's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a that ton. A lot. That's a ton. But, look, I look at this team, and, look, we know – Obviously, there are a couple of players that are struggling. Panarin, we know, is not there due to personal reasons, and I hope I hope him and his family are okay. I'm not going to get into all that. His family's fine. It's just that Good. like Putin is just an a hole. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. basically what yeah. this is. Yeah, let's yeah. just call it like like I I don't like I don't mean to get into this, but I'll be straight up honest. This whole story is a lie. Thank this you. This is clearly There's a no. lie. There's no, There's clearly, no way it's not. I mean, clearly, it's because. It's clearly because Panarin just doesn't like Putin and because yes. he called him out. That's exactly it. You, it's like a big no-no in Russia. You don't say anything negative about Putin. Otherwise, you disappear. And so, <laughs> understandably so, Panarin is worried that something is gonna something could happen to his family if he continues to be this way. And that's why he's trying to, at least in theory, trying to get his family right. to the United States, which makes right. sense. That's the best way. That's, that's the there's no other way to put it. You put that perfect. I mean, he, he's just looking out for his family, making sure they're okay, that nothing actually does end up happening to them. He's right. just trying to cover some things so he can come back. Like, he's worrying about the off-the-ice issues before he, you know, he starts playing for the Rangers. And obviously that is way more important than playing for a team where who looks like they're not going to make the playoffs right now. Yeah. 
No, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. 100%. But look, Panarin's not there. Zabenajad has been a shell of himself lately. He can't buy a goal this year to save his life. I don't know what the heck's going on with him. Although he has played well recently, but he still has to find a way. I don't think he did anything last night. Well, I mean, I don't don't think he did anything. He he showed a couple of flashes, but he still needs to wait, find a way to find the back in the neck. He has not been scoring much. He is not the 40 goal scorer we saw from him last season. Chris Kreider, been on fire. No need to get any more discussions about him. Plus, Neil, I know you don't like him anyway. I hate Chris Kreider so much. (laughs) Like, ever since – I'm sorry. Ever since that crap he pulled in Montreal, I literally have no respect for for that human being. Oh, and, like, all the stories I've heard of, like, fans meeting him. Yeah, I I assumed that he was an a-hole off the ice, and I was right. So I, I don't like. I bet if Rangers, I bet if he wasn't on the Rangers, I bet even Rangers fans would hate Chris Kreider. Like, I bet uh, you they feel I, the same way. Just to buy his play style, I could absolutely see that. Absolutely. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. And but also you have look. I don't know who the heck Colin Blackwell is, but he's looked really solid for them. I don't know where they got him from, great. but he's been really, really good. Pa- Pavel Buchnevich has looked really, really good. And now you look at the goaltending. Obviously, now the main guy has to be Georgiev for right now until uh, Shesterkin comes back. But when you look at this roster, who do you think needs to improve, and who do you think is who do you think is going to have a sort? I don't want to say breakout year, but who's the guy that is having the best season right now that you think is going to be consistent with it? Jack Johnson. Um, the answer is Jack very Johnson. Funny. <laughs> Jack Johnson. He needs to have. He needs to be in the Norris Trophy conversation by the end of the season, or we riot. <laughs> My goodness, could you? <laughs> if Jack Johnson for Norris. Don't don't imagine me. that. Imagine yeah. that. No, but all seriousness, the guys. Um, so a few of the guys that I think definitely need to step up their game, as you already said, Zabenjad. He's definitely got to step up his game. He's definitely looked a lot better these past few games in terms of how he's been playing. He right. obviously hasn't found the back of the net but he's been able to skate a little better. He looks a little quicker. There, there was a, you know, he had COVID before the season started. I don't know if that yeah. takes like place in how, why he's been not, he hasn't been uh, performing too hot, but, but Hey, it, it could be the reason why at the same time, he definitely needs to step up his game offense with the statistically is the best way to say it. Cause mm-hmm. when I've seen him out there, he looks like a good team player. He looks like a solid guy to have on the ice. He just hasn't been able to put the points up. Other guys, Lapsman, obviously, Lapsmanier has been really, really good lately. So, oh, yeah. I was going to say him, but he's looked pretty solid. Um, besides that, I would definitely say the whole team stepped up these past few games. But the one guy that I definitely would say needs to step up overall, if he wants to live up to his five, I think, $5.1 million contract for another year after this, is Ryan Strom. I think oh, yeah. he is too streaky. And even then, he, lo- he just looks lazy. He had a solid two stints with the Rangers last season and when he got traded uh, with the Ryan Spooner thing. I, he looked solid then too. But Ryan Spooner. I, <laughs> what a name, right? But, <laughs> but uh, I would say Ryan Strom definitely needs to step up. He's not our second-line center. He's not part of this team for the future. I think we either trade him after the season or just eat the contract for another year and see what happens. I think we should trade him, try to package him when – package him in with somebody. I mean, if we get Eichel, it could be somebody we package him with. I don't know, but I just think he needs to step up his game. Um, besides that, I think everybody's done a really solid job as of late. Um, I think when Jacob Trouba is healthy, he's played a solid defensive, not really defensive game, shot blocking game, shot blocking right, game right, is the right. best way to say it. his defensive game still is 
inconsistent. It's looked better this season than last season. Again, he's hurt right now, so it's kind of hard to see how he's been playing lately. But before he got hurt, he started playing better. His offensive game sucks. It is, it is terrible. Yes. You're paying him yes. seven, what, $8 million a year to be yes. a, terrible. a tire fire offensively? That, that's an albatross of a contract. It, I saw something on Instagram. It was the highest paid duos for, like, the top 10 highest paid duos in the whole league. And it was Panarin and Truba. And I'm just saying to myself, this guy has no right to be in this conversation. Because it was like McDavid, Drysaddle, Marner, Matthews, yep. or Matthews, Tavares. You're getting all these all-star guys. And then you have... Panarin, which is an all-star guy, obviously, and Jacob Truba. He's, he's like a joke. He's such a joke. He's such a joke. And I don't know what his role in the locker room is. I don't know what his role in the team is in terms of how he is as a leader. And he's done a solid job, it seems, to be a role model for those guys because he's been in the league a little longer. He's just – that contract is for how he plays on the ice, not for being the locker room guy. If you want to yep. be that locker room guy, you could get the Anthony Boteto contract. Like, that's what you can get. <laughs> Honestly, that's what you can get. Under a million dollars for one year and consistently just tenure your contract, sure. But you're getting paid – was it eight million, right? And he's getting he gets yeah, eight million with, a year. Eight with million. incentive with incentives. I think it goes up to ten or eleven. Like yeah. he is, it just there's no reason for that. He has no right to be in that conversation. He has no right to earn that amount of money that these other guys are not earning, who are way better than him. He's just a guy that I'm sure my dad's gonna eventually come back and listen to this. But uh, <laughs> I've talked to my dad about this consistently, and he's just got to show a lot of himself when he comes back from injury offensively and do it on both ends of the ice, not just one. And he's got to, if he's going to do that, which he's definitely got to, he's got to be like that for the rest of this contract and, or at least another two or three years. Cause there's a, he just doesn't deserve that money. He just doesn't deserve it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I have nothing more to say about Jacob Truba. You, you pretty much just summed it up, but that's the Rangers. Now, Listen, I promise, I promise, <laughs> after this... Well, here's the thing. Right we'll off the bat, I promise. neither one of you has the right to talk. So uh, I, yeah. I don't want to hear it. I really don't want to hear it. Hey, well, hey. Well, it's, we're, it's we're, hockey, we're hockey fans, too, besides Ranger fans. We are hockey fans. So, in a way, yes, we do. But anyway, in all, in all seriousness, Alex, look, the Devils suck. They, they're, they're not, they're <laughs> not that, they're not that Thanks good right now. Thanks for saying that. Appreciate no, no. it. Well, you know it's true. You've been watching no. for how right. many no, years? No, we are not Buffalo. <laughs> we are not Ottawa. Okay? We are not that terrible. All right? Well, at, at, at least you're not the Buffalo. You say we suck. Okay, this is where your com- argument completely gets destroyed because you are oh. a Rangers fan. Right. For you saying that, it completely shatters your whole argument. Oh, my God. But go ahead. Finish. Finish. See if I care. Finish. Finish. <sighs> go ahead. I was going to say that their biggest problem right now is that they cannot score. To you, Alex, is that on the coach or is that on the players? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a really, it's a really tough question. And, and Neil is crossing his fingers because I, I, I don't know which answer to go with, honestly, because <laughs> I was going to ask all, I know he's telling me to say both. And I'm not just going to say it because he told me to. I was actually all honestly going to say both because you can't just put it on the players. You can't obviously just put it on the coach because the coach isn't the one out there with the hockey stick. Right. And the players right. aren't the – but the players at the same time need to have a system, need to have a game plan in order to put the puck in the back of the net. Right. It's not just a runaround game. This isn't like 18U hockey we're talking about here. These are the best players in the entire world in the league. So I think it is definitely a mixture of both. Um, oh, Neil yeah. – Neil, I, I got to ask, well, what, what's your take on this? 
<laughs> I mean, he could he he could go on about the devil all day long. What he, is he my has, take? He has his own right, podcast well, on it. Let's let's yeah, let's talk about this. All Number right. one, there is problems with everything. It's not just the offense; it's the defense, and it's goaltending. Like we have issues everywhere, everywhere. Blackwood is starting to regress because he's tired because we keep throwing him out there all the damn time because we can't find a legitimate backup. We thought we finally got that, but unfortunately the man had to retire. So that mm. put that put a lot of that that put a, a wrench into everything that we were trying to do. Sorry. The season started out better than anybody expected by winning games we weren't supposed to win. Right. By young guys stepping up. You know, Jack Hughes, Igor Sharangovich, Yanni Kwokinen, Nick mm. Merkley, Ty Smith. Pavel Zaka. You know, Pavel Zaka, yeah, Pavel man. Pavel Zaka. Um, they all stepped up. And then I still remember this. We beat Boston in Boston, which was a shock. And then we get the news that Nico Hischier is back, mm. which is great. Like, that's awesome. The same day. We get told he's the captain. Mm. We're just like, and, and like Zajac's back too. Like, holy crap, we're actually at full strength. We go out and we lay an egg against Buffalo. Wh- whatever. Next day, had a two two goal lead against Washington. Blew that one. Not surprisingly. There you go. We lose that one. Mm. Come back and we lose to Buffalo again at home. That sucks. Go to Buffalo. Have a one goal lead. Lose that. Go to overtime. Found a way to win. Great. Great. You're starting back-to-back against Washington at home, and you lose both games. Uh, It is what it is. All right, so you've lost three in a row in six of your last seven. Sucks, but it is what it is. Nico gets hurt and is out week-to-week with a concussion and a broken nose. And for anybody who wants to blame P.K. Subban is a moron, is an absolute moron for saying that, because not his fault. It deflected off somebody's stick and hit Nico in the face. Right. That's right. hockey. Yeah. But then you go to last night against the uh, Rangers. A team that we've <laughs> already beaten twice in Madison Square Garden, nonetheless. Right. And we go out and we score the first goal. Now, was it lucky? Yeah, it was because Shisterkin yeah, that, that, that was one of the weird that was one of the weirdest bounces well, I've ever seen. Well, that's hockey. Stuff happens. Exactly. But then we crumble. And we give up not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six unanswered goals. A hat trick to Chris Kreider, a goal to who else scored? Lafreniere scored, which was like Brent, Brendan Smith course, scored too. Brendan Smith. Brendan Smith yeah. is, is is a scrub. Brendan Smith is a scrub. I'm sorry, oh but he God. is a scrub. No, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not you're scored. not wrong. You're not wrong. Basically, what I saw was the most pathetic excuse for a hockey team I have seen in quite some time. Mm. We are continuing to do what we did five years ago with John Hines, who was still our head coach. This is the reality of the situation. We don't have that good of a team. Our young players are not that good. Jack Hughes, Nico Gishier, Ty Smith, and Mackenzie Blackwood are literally the only four players that have any sort of talent on this team that we have. Right. Guys like 
Mikhail Moltsev, Igor Sharangovich, Yanni Kwokinen. Like they've literally, they've barely done anything. Like Sharangovich scored an overtime goal against Boston. That's great. Right. He scored two other goals. Moltsev got his first NHL goal on an empty netter. Like, you know, like Jesper Bratt has has been so bad this season, he got relegated to the fourth line last Ugh. night. Mikita Gusev, the best player in the KHL for three years before he came to the United States, got benched as a healthy scratch. Mm. And we have guys like Nick Merkley that we're lucky he gets five goals a season. The reality is simply this. Ray Shiro did a piss poor job of develop of drafting and developing talent on this team. He didn't know what he was doing. He made a lot of mistakes and that's why we're here. We have to rebuild a rebuild, which has never been done before in the history of the national hockey league. Nobody has ever said we had to rebuild a rebuild. Now, the only exception to that is maybe Buffalo. They've been rebuilding for the last 30 years or whatever the hell. <laughs> whatever the Max. hell it's been. Ottawa, Ottawa's, at least Ottawa has talent. Yeah. At least Ottawa has. They're, they're still know, terrible, stu- but at least they, they have, have players Stutzla, who have talent. They have Bratherson. They have a lot of young players and a crap load of draft picks. Tim Stutzla. 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 Is, Sorry, how you pre- Stutzla. No, it's Stutzla. It's Sorry. To, to be. To be politically correct, it's Stutzla. I found that out recently. My bad, my bad. Um, the Devils have had opportunities to go into free agency with the most cap space in the NHL, mind you. Right. And go out and get talent. We could have gotten John Tavares if we really wanted to. We could have gotten him, signed Taylor Hall to a long-term deal, and also given Nico a seven-year contract extension, and we still would have been fine. We could have done that. We could have gone out and got someone like Eric Carlson. Could have done that. Could have been great. We could have gone out and got a different backup if we really wanted to. Hell, we could have traded for Marc-Andre Fleury this offseason. We could have totally done it. All right. To have a goaltending tandem of Fleury and Blackwood would have been great. Mm. Instead, we go out and get the likes of like P.K. Subban, who clearly is past his prime and has no yeah. business being uh, a top four defenseman at all. Mm-hmm. Luckily, whatever Nashville did with all the assets we gave them, they literally crapped the bed with all of them, but that's whatever. Um, you you got Taylor Hall and you you had the opportunity to do something. He won an MVP. He took us to the playoffs. Yet the lingering problem was the bald-headed SOB behind the bench known as John Hines. His system sucked. His system sucks in Nashville. As you can clearly see, he's yep. not good. He's not mm-hmm. good there. He wasn't good in New Jersey. And we had such high expectations last year with the team that we had, in theory, put together. Blew a four-goal lead and lost in a shootout in the first game of the season, to which I was there in person to experience. So that was great. The season goes into shambles right away. John Hines, thank God, got fired. Ray Shiro got fired. Taylor Hall got traded. And now we're here. I did not expect the Devils to make the playoffs. Let me let me make that very, very clear. Right. Okay. I did not. They are probably not going to finish in last place in this division because Buffalo is so terrible. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo just I, I don't know. 
It's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. With I, that I lineup, know. too, it is. Um, oh, my God. But the Devils are just not good. They don't have a lot of talent on offense, on defense, or in goal. I'm starting to worry about Blackwood. I'm starting to worry that we have regressed. We have given him so much pressure in the now year, like almost two years he's been in the NHL, that he is now starting to regress a lot. And this was the whole thing with why I was tired of people giving Corey Schneider a lot of crap for four or five years. Because for four or five years, he was one of the top goaltenders in the National Hockey League statistically, except in the win-loss record because the team couldn't score. Right. We still can't score. We still can't play defense. We still don't have goaltending. We don't have a good goaltending tandem. So this is going to be a long process. And I want to put a lot of blame on Ray Shiro for doing what he did and the ownership group for doing what they did. The ownership group does not give a crap about the Devils. They don't. This is obvious because we've been like this for so long that like they don't care. They care more about the Sixers trying to at least get to the NBA Finals yep. than they do about the Devils. That's fine. Whatever. Whatever. People want to say that the Devils have one of the most toxic fan bases in the National Hockey League. No. I don't, I don't care. I don't care about that. But there are a lot of us that have a justification as to why we are this pissed off because we've been, I'll, I'll just quote Stephen A. We've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived by the devil's organization since 2012. That was the last time we got anywhere near winning a cup. We were two wins right. away and we got screwed. Just call it like it is. We got screwed. Not going to get into that. No, you, no, you did. And that was, that was Gary Bettman's whole ploy. He doesn't like the Devils. I know this. This is obvious. He doesn't like the Devils. He doesn't like New Jersey. He, he would rather the Devils be moved to somewhere else than be in New Jersey. I get this. The Devils are a small market team. I'm just going to call it like it. We are a small market team playing across the river from the biggest media market in the world. We play on the MSG Networks. You know who owns the MSG Networks? The Rangers. Yep. I wish the Devils would stop doing that and find their own network. They had a deal with the Yes for a while, and they could still do that. Get on the Yes Network. They will totally do it. I almost guarantee you they would do it. What about what about us and why? Screw them. They, they, they broadcast the Mets. You already know they're not doing well. <laughs> True. And they host the Jets. You already, like, the Jets and the Mets. Like, what, like, are you assuming that, like, they just True. want more garbage? No, no. so what i saw last night was pathetic no fight no passion no effort they gave up they the minute they gave up the first goal to go to be tied at one they gave up on this game they outshot the rangers by twice the amount of shots and they still the rangers through the first like 30 minutes of that game didn't look like that they even wanted to play they did not do anything Right. They literally just skated around and did nothing. And the Devils gave up one, and it just snowballed from there. This is the point of the season where you actually have to make changes. Mm-hmm. I'm just, like Lindy Ruff has made some decisions 
that I am really confused with. Like putting Jesper Brad on the fourth line, like putting Sharon Govich and Miles, putting Miles Wood on the first line. Really? That that makes sense, I guess, to somebody. Somebody. Um, Mark Recchi does not know his ass from a hole in the ground if he fell in it offensively. There's a reason why Pittsburgh fired him. Oh, yeah. Elaine Nazardine. He's a John Hines puppet. That's why, and and he sucks. He knew he sucked before, and he sucked, and he's sucking now. Um, unless the Devils decided one day that they were no longer going to put up with this nonsense of like being this way, this is always what it's going to be. We're going to have moments every now and then where we show flashes of hope, and then we do that, like what we did last night. Right now, we're at the lowest point that we could be at. Because for everything that went right to begin the season, everything is going wrong. And we are falling and falling and falling and falling. And once again, already us Devils fans have to wonder about who are we going to draft in next year's draft? Because literally there is nothing to look forward to with this season. Jack Hughes scored his first goal in what, like six games? Yep. Against the Rangers? Literally that's the only team he does anything against. Nobody else. There needs to be a complete, and I mean complete, overhaul of the development and drafting from this organization. And maybe I want to give Tom Fitzgerald an opportunity here because it's, it's really only his first year as the general manager of his team. Mm-hmm. He drafted, you know, Alexander Holtz, Dawson Mercer, and you know, Shakir we give them an opportunity to build this team. But in like the next two years, if we're really not even close, then you got to, you got to rebuild it again. And you have to keep doing it until somebody gets it right. The devils used to be respected throughout the NHL for the fact that they consistently made the playoffs and were competitive and yada, yada, yada. We are now one of the running jokes of the national hockey league. I mean, the amount of Rangers fans that came at me last night, making fun of the team and everything to which I don't do. Oh, I don't go on social media like all these low lives and tell your tell you how bad you're first saying stuff. That's embarrassing to me as a fan and as somebody who lives from the state, because there are way too many Rangers fans that are from New Jersey. Yeah, it pisses it. I, I no disrespect to either one of you guys. No, no, Sorry. it just pisses no, yeah, me it's off. All good. This is the only team in a damn state that has the name New Jersey in it. The Giants and Jets both play in New Jersey, but they're called New York. The Red Bulls play in Harrison, but they're called New York. We literally only have what the Nets moved from Jersey to Brooklyn. This is all we have left. This is literally all we have left. And for them to go out there and represent New Jersey and do it in a way where we get slaughtered by our biggest rival with half of the crowd, even though it was only 1,800, half of the crowd being Rangers fans, mm. is, is just is just so embarrassing that it makes me sick. It makes me not want to watch this team anymore. It makes yeah. me want to stop watching. Do I think that changes are going to be made for tomorrow's game? No. I expect them to not have any fight tomorrow because this is a young team that doesn't not that, – that, doesn't understand how to face adversity because the veterans on this team, like Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac and guys like that, are not pulling their own weight. 
And they're just allowing the young guys to try to save their ass every game. And guys like Palmieri and Gusev should be traded and moved on. Zajac, please retire or at least get let us trade you to somewhere because you're wasting our time. And, and, you know, find a competent, a competent, and you need to wipe out this defense except two people. The only two people that stay are Smith and Severson. Right. That is it. Everyone else <laughs> needs to go. They are not helping. They are struggling. And it's only going to get worse from here that it's going to get better. And I know that sounds super negative. And I know it sounds like I'm completely flying off the handle here and I'm not being respectful of the fact that this is a young team and a rebuilding team. But let me be clear. This type of performances has been going on for seven plus years now. Mm. When does it stop? You're right. When does this entire crap stop? At one point, does everybody say enough is enough? And I'm going to say, I will end by saying this, Devils fans, here are several reasons why you shouldn't go to these games. Number one, in case it wasn't obvious, we're still in a pandemic and the virus is still spreading. Just throwing it out there. Number two, the prices are still ridiculous. $60? Really? Ooh. Really? Ouch. Come on, man. Like what? With guys that, do, with people that don't have jobs and they're not making any money, you're doing that to people? Yeah, that's, that, Number that, three. That's a little ridiculous. Why do you want to spend your money, your health, and your time to go see a team do that right. last night. A team that has won two games all season at home. A team <laughs> that has lost four in a row and seven of its last eight and has barely scored and showed little to no fight. Why do you want to see that? Mm. Why do you want to spend the time? Other than you being a fan of the team and being there no matter what. I will be a fan of the Devils for the rest of my life. And I will always support them no matter what or who is on this team. Right. But I will also be honest that as somebody who watches this team, who covers this team, I have seen the same story over and over and over again. When are we going to have guys that can score 30 plus goals a season like the Rangers have with guys like Sabanajad and Panarin? Right. When are we going to have that? When are we going to have a team that can shoot the puck on a power play instead of passing it 300 times? When are we going to have a penalty kill that's not by far, not only the worst in the NHL, mm. but worst in NHL history? Mm. So that, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, is my feelings on this <laughs> New Jersey Devils team. I'm not happy. I'm pissed. I'm disgusted. I'm embarrassed. And it... There's no reason, there's no sign that things are going to change. Yeah. And I expect the same type of result tomorrow. Alex, last word for you. I mean, I don't want to piss Neil off any more than he already is, is the best way to say it for that one. I don't want to piss him off any more than he is. But um, he basically, he obviously covered pretty much everything. Um, sorry and good, sorry for you, Neil, for being a Devils fan right now, but also good job for realizing all the mistakes that, pretty much it <laughs> i mean you you can i, can you, I go pretty much can I, can it I up go now, please can i can i go have dinner now please <laughs> i'm just like this poor guy can't catch a break seriously oh my goodness gracious but anyway though on that note 
That'll wrap it up for this episode of the Bottom Line Podcast. If you have any thoughts on anything we discussed, or if you have any advice for our guest here, Alex, let us know on Twitter and Instagram, and we'll certainly pass it along at Bottom Line WMCX and on Twitter at the NVP Show and on Instagram at NVPQB11. Use the hashtag Bottom Line. Leave a voice message on the Anchor app or at Anchor.fm. And as always, if you like what you're seeing on YouTube, please leave a like and a comment down below helps out tremendously and please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you don't miss an episode and subscribe on all audio listening platforms just include jimmy when searching for the bottom line podcast alex look in all honest to god seriousness this was an absolute pleasure thank you so so much for taking time out of your day to come on with us we had an absolute blast with you and we will definitely most certainly have you back on again soon and good luck with your broadcasting career because you're going thank you man appreciate it Thank you guys. You know, I really appreciate this. This is definitely uh, a really awesome experience. And I really enjoyed it uh, every minute of it. And thank you guys for all the advice again. I no mean, problem. I can't really say much else. And I always say this to everybody for all the advice, but thank you. This is just my, from deep down in my heart. I really appreciate it. Dude, no problem, of, of course no problem. It's, it's our pleasure. And like I said, you're, you're always welcome back. We'll definitely have you back on real soon. And hopefully there won't be any more rants like this. But anyway, <laughs> no, ser- seriously though, Thank you again, Alex. We truly, truly appreciate this. That'll wrap it up for us. Like we said, if you have any advice for Alex, let us know on social media, and we will certainly pass that along to you. For Newville Piano and for Alex Castells, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast. See you in the next episode. Peace out.